You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Thank you so much. Please welcome my wife as well, joining me today. It's going to be an awesome week because she's here. We're so glad that you could be with us. We're going to continue on with our, our relationship series, We, You, Me. We believe that God's got some great things that he's going to speak to you. And so as we, uh, as we welcome in all of our online friends from all over the different places, we want to say we think that you're awesome for being here. Thank you for tuning in from wherever you're watching from. Yeah, we have people watching from Mineral Wells, from Abilene, from France, from Fort Worth, from Houston, Louisiana, and Cisco. All the way back in Liberty City. You better get dressed and come on. We got another service coming up right after this. <laughs> no, no, no. We're so glad that you could tune in. And we also want to say thank you for your generosity. You guys are an amazing giving church, and it means so much that we can uh, just focus on preaching the gospel and on helping people, and we don't have to worry about keeping the lights on and supporting all the different ways that we're reaching out to people and helping our city. So thank you so much for standing behind us with your faithful generosity. You guys are absolutely awesome. And then uh, we also want to invite people to... Uh, our Easter services, which is coming up. Yeah, we have Easter services. We'll have five Easter services all on Easter morning. And so the times will be eight, nine, 10, 11, and 12. It's a lot. (laughs) I I do want to say, if if you've been here for longer than two or three years, come to one of the earliest services or one of the latest services, because the ones in the middle are going to be completely packed. There's not going to be a lot of room. And we want to make sure that we have plenty of room for all of our friends to come and then... uh, we also want to make sure that we have plenty of room for people to meet Jesus. It's the most important thing. The goal of Easter is not to look good or not to just gather with family. Those are great things. But if people aren't meeting Jesus, I don't want to do it. And so yeah. make sure that you're inviting your lost friends. Make sure that we're making room for people to come and meet Jesus. Amen. Is that good? Yes. Well, let's continue on with our series. I want to turn your attention to Genesis chapter 2, if you would. Genesis chapter 2. If you're new to the Bible, it's right there at the very beginning. You can't miss it. And then we're going to skip around. We've got a bunch of scripture to share with you. And uh, we believe that as we dig into God's word today and as we give you some practical relationship stuff, that God is going to really help you in the area of your relationships with people. Last week, we talked about marriage. And uh, I just just want to say, I want to apologize for stepping on your toes. We're not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you. That's always our heart. I did have somebody uh, whisper in my ear, hey, thank you very much for that never say no thing. There's going to be a little something extra for you in the offering plate this week. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm trying to help you. So, uh, So our heart is not to offend you. These are not biblical laws. These are things that we found through a lot of... The help. Us. Yeah, a lot of things, they, they, they just help us. And so we're just trying to, uh, what one person said, we're trying to, one beggar trying to tell another beggar where we found some bread. <laughs> and so we're going to talk today about your relationship. So this is outside of the marriage uh, relationship, but how we deal with people. And we're basing this all on Genesis chapter two. And it says this, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not going to find great points in your life where you're like, I I can be alone and uh, I can just gather my thoughts. I'm not saying that, but the Lord looked at man and says, he's going to fight some loneliness. He's going to fight some bitterness. And I know it's easy for us to say, I'm better off by myself. 
I know it's easy for us to say, it's hard to deal with people, I just need to be by myself. But God said it's not good for you to be alone. And if 2020 showed us anything, it's that isolation does not produce great things for us. That's right. You were not living your best life. You had two or three great weeks of just getting able to decompress and being on a little vacation. But after that, we realized it starts taking a toll on us mentally. That's right. You were designed and created for community and to be in relationships with others. But that's gonna bring some, some great benefits and also some great pain. That's right. Your greatest successes and your greatest pain will come through your relationships with people. So that's why it's important to know how to, to work with others. <laughs> right. And we found that uh, with our children and with our grandchildren, with those that are coming along behind us, it's now more difficult than ever for them to connect with people because they've been trying to do it through screens. And so we've lost a lot of the soft skills of how to interact, how to read body language, how to interpret things. And we just labeled everything as red flags and toxic. <laughs> Right, So before we do all that, let's go back to the truth of God's word and recognize that it's going to challenge some of the things that we've set up in our hearts on the ways that we deal with people. God says, all the commandments, all the law and the prophets hang on these two things, your love for the Lord and your love for people. Mm -hmm. You are not going to make it through life without having to deal with some people. And some people are going to be great and some not so great. That's so true. You're going to have your heart broken. You're going to have your dreams dashed, but you're also going to have some people that will build you up and encourage you if you make some great and wise biblical decisions. And so we believe that, um, that it's important to start off the series by saying this, and I want to make sure that you, that you see this because this is critical. Uh, not every relationship is beneficial, but every person is valuable and worthy of God's love. That's right. So if, if we don't get that at the foundation of what we're talking about today, then it would be easy for you to say, yeah, 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 I can... Get away from that person. They're, they're, not, they're not valuable. Or you're saying this to this about this person and they're not worthy of God's love. That is not what we're saying. Every person is valuable. That's right. Every person Jesus thought they were worth dying for. Yeah. Every person is, is worthy of the love of God. But not every relationship is beneficial. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be best friends with everybody. That's right. Not everyone is good for you to be around. And so as we're digging into God's word, we want to give you the top 10 tips for biblically healthy relationships, how you deal with and how you interact with people. So we're going to move really quickly through these and my wife's going to join me and help me out. We're going to try to move fast. Yeah. So go ahead. Okay. So number one is to find common ground in good character, not in sin. So a good biblical example of this is David and Jonathan. They were from completely different backgrounds. One was a shepherd, one was a prince, but they had um, big military victories in common. They also had a deep love for their country and for the Lord. And that united their hearts in a big way. Right. We found that when people build relationships on common addictions or common shortfalls, um, then you're asking for trouble. If the best friends that you have in the world are, are built around toxic things, you're going to find yourself in a world of hurt. Yeah. So build your relationships around the common ground of good character, yes. not your sin. Yeah. Yeah. So if you get two alcoholics together and they're just trying to stay strong for each other, it's only gonna be a little bit of a time before we find that that, that thing that drew us together becomes our weakness. Mm -hmm. You still with us? Is this okay? Yeah. So we say this, we may not have everything in common, but we need to have good biblical goals in common. And so if you can uh, place this as a filter over your relationships, you're gonna find that it's gonna be much more beneficial towards you. That's right. Um, a good example of some of the, the tough relationships in the Bible would be like David and Bathsheba yeah. and Samson and Delilah and Ahab and Jezebel. And there are lots, 
lots of examples of friendships that were developed um, and their common denominator was, was sin. So something that you can remember is that I surround myself with people that others look up to. So surround yourself. Be really intentional with the people that you surround yourself with. Um, make sure there's people that you look up to, people that you can trust, people that can challenge you. Right. Here's number two. We're going to move quickly. Number two, use God's word to recognize what's toxic. Not everything is toxic. Not everything is a red flag. No. And this, this culture is really quick to say everybody's toxic. Well, not everybody's toxic. Yeah. And not every church that you walks into is, is full of toxic people. They're full of people. People have good days and bad days, right things, wrong things. And sometimes we're so quick to end a relationship or to not start a friendship because someone's not a perfect person and you realize after a while, wait a minute, maybe the common denominator is me. Before you label everything as toxic and red flags, let's remember like this person is valuable to God and they're worthy of God's love. It may not necessarily be beneficial for me to be their best friend, but perhaps I'm missing out on a ministry moment. That's right. It could be that the Lord wants me to help somebody along versus just cutting them out of my life. You're toxic. You're a red flag. Like, let God's word define what's toxic and red flags before uh, culture does. Because culture changes all the time. Yes, it does. And what is accepted today will not be accepted tomorrow. What's okay in relationships will not be okay tomorrow and vice versa. It always changes. God's word never changes. And the Bible is full of biblical examples of toxicity and, and negative relationships. It will show you. That's right. That's right. Something to remember is the more you read God's word, the easier it is to recognize bad relationships and toxic tendencies. It just, it make, it just it gives you that discernment that you need when you're with someone to, to just see, to just recognize those traits. When we look at the relationship between David and King Saul, his boss, we recognize that King Saul was extremely toxic, yeah. living in biblical disobedience. He's erratic. Uh, he becomes someone that's a danger to David. Now, David still honored and stayed until it got to the place where this was dangerous. And so I want to make sure that you understand toxic relationships uh, can be opportunities for us to honor until it comes to the place where like, okay, I need to draw some hard boundaries here because my, my life may be in danger. This may be a not safe situation. And at that point, it's, it's, it's nice to have stuff like a good lawyer, <laughs> pro-Second Amendment views or 911 on speed dial. Uh, God's not asking you to say something that could endanger your life. Right. Uh, let's, let's understand that. But it, it's important that we let God's word define what's toxic and show us there are good examples for me to follow. Like I can still honor and separate myself from this relationship. So yeah. this is important for us to see. It's easy to recognize toxic traits in others and miss them in myself. <laughs> so when God's word begins to define what's toxic and what's red flags, like before you push that off on somebody else, let God's word begin to read you. Yeah. God's word will help you define so what is biblically healthy and what is not healthy. Let God's word begin to tell you this is right and this is wrong before you let culture define what's right and what's wrong. Right. So number three is every relationship needs boundaries and seasons. Right. So there are things that, uh, that I will share with people that are acquaintances or peers or even friends, but there are many, many closer, closer more intimate things that I will share with just my wife. And that ain't, your, that ain't yours to know. But if everyone has your total trust, you're going to be really naive. Yeah. So there are, there are uh, boundaries and seasons that every relationship needs to have. Um, you'll notice this, that when you get married, uh, from the single stage to the married stage, those friends will begin to change because you don't have the same things in common. When you have children, that your, your friendships will begin to change, and they're supposed to. Yeah. Your relationship with your children will change over time as they need you less and less. 
How they need you will get redefined at every new stage of their life. It's supposed to happen that way. It is healthy for your children to move on and not rely on you for every single thing. I know that you want to be there. And some of you are like, I wish they'd move on right now. They're four. Like, calm down. It's, <laughs> it's going to get better. But it's a season. It will pass. And at every new stage, boundaries are redrawn. So boundaries are redrawn at every new stage of life. When you get married, there needs to be some boundaries on who your friends can be and who right. your friends are not. Right. So I don't have female friends that are in my inner circle. That's a no-no for me. Why? Because this is my best friend. In order to protect this valuable relationship, in order to protect my relationship with the Lord, I have to make sure and understand that there cannot be females that are closer to me than my wife. Yeah. Now, if you're going to hold me to those standards, and you should as your pastor, I will hold you to the exact same standards. So there are no friendships that are deep, intimate friendships with people of the opposite sex. Now, when I was single, we had lots of lady friends. When you're married, those relationships have to change and be right. redefined. And that's healthy. It's good. It is healthy. And let me just uh, insert this. For those that are single, um, as someone that was single a little bit, maybe longer than normal, um, those, it's important that your inner circle, that you do have at least one or two people yeah. that you can share your innermost thoughts. Good. Someone that you trust enough to, to call you on things, yeah. to say, you know what, you're, you're kind of going to a bad place, come with me, let me help you. Um, it's really important that you find at least one or two people that you would consider your inner circle yeah. that you have, that you can share those things with. So, yeah. Ecclesiastes 3 tells us there's a time for everything and a season for every activity, even your relationships. The same people that you were friends with in first grade are probably not going to be there when you're in the old folks' home. Probably like, not. It's seasonal, and it's okay. Uh, there's a time for it. There's boundaries, and there's seasons in every healthy relationship. Now, you have to be really careful when you start drawing hard boundaries in your marriage. It would be better for us to get a good marriage therapist or a good marriage counselor to start talking about why you're having to draw hard boundaries in your marriage. A good, healthy marriage shouldn't have those kind of boundaries. It should be things that we can work out and deal with because we mutually love each other and we love the Lord. We're submitted to the authority of his word. Does this make yeah. sense? So every relationship has boundaries and seasons. Now, you don't sit here and say, yeah, my marriage had a good season and that, that season is over. Like, no, no, no. We're talking about relationships. Once you put that ring on, that's it. Let's work on this. Right. Marriage is hard work. Yeah. But to be able to maintain good and healthy friendships, that's going to take some work too. Yeah. For sure. And it can also be geographical. So when we, we had a really good group of friends yeah, when we lived in Fort Worth, and I mean, they're still our friends, but it would be, it wouldn't make much sense for us to try to hold on to them as our inner circle when we moved mm -hmm. two and a half hours away. So we had to let our relationships with them change they're still our friends, we still love them, but our inner circle has moved and it's here. And that's how it should be. You should have people that are available to you when you need them. Right, here's uh, tip number four we wanna share with you today. Right, good and bad relationships are revealed in adversity. So when times get tough, good friends will step up. That's just pretty much the way it is. And there are some good examples in the Bible of this, um, Elijah, yeah. at the end of his life, when he was getting ready um, to go to heaven, to yeah. go to heaven uh, he was trying to leave and be by himself. 
And he kept telling Elisha, who was kind of like his intern or I don't know what else you would call him, but understudy. Understudy. <laughs> and he was just following him along and he was like, You stay here. And he was like, I'm not leaving you. And he kept trying. Yeah. Well, okay, now you stay here. He's like, I, I'm not leaving. I'm with you till the I'm, end. I'm staying with you. And because of his faithfulness, the Lord actually gave him a double portion of the anointing that Elijah had in his life. And also, one of my favorite stories is the story of Ruth and Naomi. And Ruth lost her husband, and Naomi lost her son, the same guy. Mm -hmm. And Naomi told Ruth, like, you don't want to be with me. I'm just going to be lonely and old and bitter all by myself. Go back you to go your back people. to your people, find you a husband, you'll, you'll be fine. Mm. And Ruth was like, no, my people will be your, your people. Your people will be my people. It's got to be your people. So, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you, get, you get the idea. <laughs> so. Proverbs 17 tells us, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. That means when times get tough, the best friends are going to be revealed. Those that really care about you will step up. Uh, and it's important in those moments that you don't just label them toxic. Don't say they're red flags because they're getting in my business. We're trying to help you. Yeah. And so when times are tough, the real ones stay and the real ones That's come right. in and the real ones say, hey, we're going to work through this together. And they won't let you sit there and just sulk forever. They're going to help you. And so it's important that you don't stiff arm them. Don't give them the old Heisman. Like recognize those are good and valuable relationships. But we have to say this, and this is important. Please look at me. If every day is a day of adversity, you're going to be lonely. Yeah. yeah. Because people can only take so much. If you're not willing to get help, if you're not willing to make progress, if you're not willing to take steps, you're going to find yourself walking away from valuable relationships of friends that were trying to help you, but you chose to be miserable. Good friends have a way of pulling you out of that. Say, don't stay here. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to walk through tough times. It's not okay to stay there. And at some point you have to recognize there's some good friends saying, get up, come on, you can do this. You're better than this. Don't let this define you and don't let this season last any longer than it has to. Great friends can tell you the truth and keep you from being miserable. We say it this way, trouble is inevitable. Misery is optional. And if you find yourself in misery for more than a few weeks, like, come on now. There's some good friends that say, hey, let, let's, let's start taking some steps. Let's yeah. get you some help. And if you found yourself stuck in a place where you just can't get over it, there are valuable, wonderful, God-given ability, uh, given people that are here on this earth to help you. That's They're right. called great therapists, and it's good for your mental health. Mm -hmm. Let people help you. Trouble is inevitable. Misery is optional. That's let's move right. on to number five. Okay. Great relationships always help me find Jesus. They're not going to help you find your inner person, not going to help you find your peace, not going to help you find your joy. If they're not helping you find Jesus, you might want to reevaluate that relationship. Because yeah. the best relationships you can have when times get tough are the people that are going to help you find strength in the Lord. We find this in the relationship between David and Jonathan. David was on the run from, uh, from his boss, which was Jonathan's dad. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 23, Jonathan went to David and helped him find strength in the Lord. That's right. That's important. Helped him find strength in the Lord. You need people that can help you find strength in the Lord. And you also need to be a person that can help a friend find strength in the Lord. This can redefine and really help a lot of relationships. Because this is something that's popular in our culture. We will say, this person is my rock. This person is my strength. This person is the person I lean on. Those are great things to say. But, biblically, this is, this is something that is better than that. 
So I wanna make sure that you see this. I'll put this on the screen. I don't find strength in people. I find strength in people that will help me find strength in God. People will let you down. People will have good days and bad days. They're right and they're wrong. They're up, they're down. Sometimes we can trust them. Sometimes they're going through a season where they're not trustworthy. But if I can have people that can help me find strength in God, that's a good friend. And that's the kind of friend that I wanna be. So I don't find my strength in people. I find strength in people that will help me find strength in God. You still with me? Is this okay? It's good. All right. Let's let's keep on moving. Um, Number six. Okay. Friendships are your responsibility to find and maintain. You might want to say that again because this is important. (laughs) Um, Friendships are your responsibility to find and maintain. Right. So it's not... Your other, it's not your friend's responsibility. It's not your job's responsibility. It's not your church's responsibility. It's yours. And so, excuse me, Proverbs eighteen twenty four says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly. If you find yourself in a place where you don't have any deep relationships, uh, that could be several reasons, but let's be honest about that. There's probably a reason. So the Bible says you must first be a friendly person if you want to have friends. So yeah. let's check your face, look in a mirror, ask somebody, is this how I always look? Is this, <laughs> this my natural? Uh, but also it could be because uh, you've got some things going on emotionally that people have a hard time being around you. Mm-hmm. You might be the kind of person that brightens up every room the moment that you walk out. <laughs> we can get you some help. It's okay. Once again, I'm not here to offend you. We're not trying to offend you, but you need to be told the truth. Right? There's a lot of scriptures in the Proverbs that will echo, echo what we're saying. So we're trying to condense that and give it to you like we can. But another reason why it could be that you don't have deep relationships is that you work 150 hours a week. Yeah. Your best friend is your job. So don't lament what you're not making time for. So we'll say it this way. Your friendships are only as strong as you are available. And if you're using work to medicate yourself from not having great friendships... Don't come to me telling me I wish I had great friends. If you're not in a group, like that's your responsibility to do that. And it's also your responsibility to, to ask a person a coffee. That's right. You make, you make the first move. The chances are they're pretty much lonely too. That's right. But it's your responsibility to find great friends and to maintain them. It's not your church's responsibility to give you friends. Yeah. Now, you've done a great job by being here. If you get in a group, those are great steps to take. But at some point, you're going to have to get out of your shell and actually say something. Mm-hmm. Use your words. Hey, would you like to have coffee this week? <laughs> Do you guys like to go to lunch? And it, there is a danger of some rejection. There are some people may say no. Yeah. Uh, but if you're not making yourself available, then the issue is you. So finding and keeping great friends takes work that most people aren't willing to do. So true. Once again, we're saying this because uh, our, our next generations, they don't have the soft skills of developing uh, great relationships, and they wonder why they don't have them. Our children and our children's children are lonely. Yeah. And they're disconnected. So we have to reteach a lot of basic truths for learning how to interconnect people. Yeah. Let me just say that as an introvert, that sometimes it can be a little daunting to just walk up to someone that you just met or you don't know well or whatever to ask them to go out to eat or go to lunch or go to whatever, coffee. Um, Something that you might think about doing is grabbing someone that you know a little bit better and taking them with you. And you guys invite us. Yeah, yeah. You guys invite someone with them. And that takes a little bit of the pressure off of you to keep 
the conversation flowing all by yourself and to think of all of the questions to ask. I, I mean, that's, that's just me, the introvert, talking. Sometimes it's hard. And so having someone that you trust there with you to include someone and get to know someone is is very, very helpful. Yeah, in that situation, three's not a crowd. Like Three's no. beneficial. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to number seven. Is it number seven? Yeah. Great friendships are built on great trust. Come on. So trust is built by your words, by your connection, by your time together, not your screens. Come on. Yeah. You can't build great trust through a screen. No. And the easiest way to ruin a relationship is with your words and your character. Yeah. And so trust is just something that you have to decide that you're willing to give someone a chance. I mean, there's no way to grow trust without actually trusting someone. Um, but, you know, you can start out small and grow their trust. But the worst way to build a relationship is to take that trust and then immediately go to other friends and share everything that you just heard. That is not the way. We call that prayer request in church circle. Oh, yeah. I need you to pray about them. They're it's not, not doing good. Like, it's don't not do that. Good. No, it's not a good way to <laughs> do it. That's called gossip. <laughs> That's right. And in Proverbs 16, 28, it says, a perverse person stirs up conflict and gossip separates close friends. So the easiest way that we say to gain trust is with your words becoming action. When people recognize that you're more than just what you say, but you actually put some, some substance behind it and you're actually doing what you said that you would do. Yeah. This is how you build trust over the long term. And trust, it takes years really to build great trust and it just takes seconds to lose it. That's right. But if you're looking to gain trust again for people to retrust you, your words have to become action. People have to know that you're more than just saying those words, but you're actually willing to do it. You still with us? Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, number eight, my friends won't all be strong believers, but the closest ones have to be. Yeah. Now, this is important. This may be really controversial. Uh, uh, once again, we're not trying to hurt you, and, uh, and we're trying to help you, but our closest relationships have to be with people that love Jesus just as much as we do. Yeah. I cannot be friends with everyone. Not everyone can be our best friends, and the people that we allow to speak into our life and that we're, that we're gonna do life with have to be strong believers or we're, we're not gonna mesh very well. Yeah. Now, that being said, we are strong proponents for friendship evangelism. I believe it's the best way you can reach people for Christ is by being uh, at least uh, some sort of relationship uh, with people that don't know Christ. Yeah. It's good for you as a Christian to be connected to people that don't know Jesus, but to allow people that are uh, of opposite faith or that don't understand the things of, about the cross and, and your relationship with Jesus, or to allow people of alternative lifestyles into your inner circle, you're going to have problems there because you don't have the same biblical goals in mind. So it's very important that you evaluate your closest friendships. Also something that you'll, that you'll understand as you get to know me better is I don't do uh, counseling one-on-one -on -one with any female ever. Like, that protects this. Yeah. But there are no meetings that I have with females where the door is ever closed. If you want a private conversation with me, you got to just talk to her and she'll tell me. <laughs> but I hold myself to those standards because I, I believe in what we're doing here and I recognize the importance of emotional connections with people of the opposite sex or with people of an alternative lifestyle. I cannot allow myself to get that close to people that don't have the same goals in mind, that don't have the same tenets of my faith in mind. There are essential beliefs and there are non-essential beliefs. There are things that, that don't matter. You know, if you believe this and you're, you know, you're Catholic, like, dude, uh, do you love Jesus? Yeah, I don't care. Uh, whatever, we can still be friends. Yeah. But there are essential beliefs. Yeah. 
And if you don't believe that Jesus came and died on the cross for your sins, like you're not gonna be a part of my inner circle because you, you're looking at something different. And so there are things that I can't compromise on that we can't compromise on, but we can be great friends with people that, that don't believe the same way we believe. That's we right, believe. and sometimes uh, you have to remember that people will mistake my friendship for God's approval. If they know that you follow Jesus, um, they will assume that because you're extending friendship that, that you're yeah. approving of what they're doing. Right, loving somebody and approving of what they, what they do with their life, that's two different things. I can love you and not be in approval of your lifestyle. Uh, we do that every single Sunday. There are many people here, like, I don't approve of the way that you live, but I'm trying to help you and love you. I can still love you without being in agreement on how you're living your life. Yeah. The point is, can we go back to God's word and we find some common ground there? So my closest friends don't all have to be believers, but the, the inner circle, the very closest ones, they have to be, that's, and that's super important. Right. We have to have the same biblical goals in mind. First Corinthians 15 tells us, bad, corrump- bad company corrupts good character. <laughs> And so this is something that we learned uh, all the way back in children's ministry, one of the basic scriptures that was taught when we were growing up. Bad company corrupts good character. Choose your friends wise, wisely. That's right. If your friends always just echo what you want them to say, like you've, you've just found another version of yourself. But the greatest friends have Jesus in mind. Right. And it's also important to remember that um, sometimes you do have to redefine those friendships and tell them, like, listen, I have, to, I have to move forward. You can come with me. I would love it if you would come with me, but I have to move forward. I have to be, um, move on with Jesus, and I would love it if you would come. And um, sometimes they will, sometimes they won't, but we've actually had friends call us years later and say, thank you for that. Thank you for that yeah. stance. Um, I need your help now. And yeah. it just, it, I don't know, it just, friendships are good and friendships can be picked up later in life. Right. Yeah. There's, a, there's a story that I wanted to share of, of just being in the right place at the right time and allowing the Lord to use a friendship. There's a, a buddy of mine uh, that was actually deported, now lives in Argentina. Mm-hmm. His dad was a big drug dealer there and he got in some trouble here and they deported him. And so we could have easily just you know, ruined our relationship forever, but because of social media, we'll still get in contact with each other every once in a while. And so I reached out to him uh, about the death of a mutual friend, and uh, he said, you know, what happened? And I told him he was having some mental health struggles, and he ended his own life. And he says, man, he says, well, first of all, thank you for reaching out to me and, and telling me, but second of all, I feel like God probably put you in my life because I'm walking through the same thing today. And if you wouldn't have reached out to me, I don't know what I would have done. And I began to just in that moment say, I am so grateful that in the midst of all the things that are going on in my life, just reach out to someone and be available, not to just give them strength, but to help them find strength in the Lord. He said, would you pray for me? I need your prayers. And so that was important that we didn't just say, this person is toxic, this person did some prison time, this person has a drug dealer for a dad, this person was deported. Like, before you do all that, recognize that there, there, there can be some boundaries, but always leave room for the Holy Spirit and the Lord to minister to a person that's yeah. hurting. Uh, and this is important for us to, to keep in mind. Yeah. Don't label everything as toxic just because somebody's walking through a tough season. That's right. Okay, that's good. That's right. We still okay? Yeah. All right. So uh, we want to move on to number nine. We're almost done. Yeah. Good relationships allow me to be myself. Yeah. So there needs to be authenticity 
honesty, honesty. transparency, yeah. someone that you can talk straight with. Uh, this kind of goes back to the trust, but building up that trust allows you to be more and more yourself. I'm a pretty quirky person. And, Same. <laughs> and, and those quirks come out the closer you get, and there's just good relationships allow those things to just be a safe place. And by the way, even in disagreements, we yes. can, I can be myself. I, I found this to be true, that real, friends, real friendship means that I can say it to the degree that I feel it. Right. And that person's not gonna be threatened yeah. Yeah. by my honesty. Right. And so if we're really close friends and I can say it like, like I feel it. And we find biblical examples of this that we can disagree and still be in unity. That's right. Paul and Peter, the Bible says that they disagreed, withstood each other to their face, but they still have mutual respect for one another. They're still on the same track. We're still loving to see people find Jesus. Um, we see this in, in Paul and John Mark when he says, you're being a big baby. You need to just go home. You weren't made for this missionary life and <laughs> times get tough and you just quit. But then later on he says, you know what? You, Perhaps I was a little bit rash. Why don't you come back and join me? You're, you're beneficial. You've matured a little bit. Let's try this again. So we can disagree and still be in unity, but right. real friendship means I can be myself and say it to the degree that I feel it. Right. Right. And something that we, we call it relational equity, yeah. but as your friendship grows, you build what a relational equity with each other. Make some deposits yeah, before you do that, all these withdrawals. Yeah, and that just makes it to where you're building up that love and that trust and that friendship so that when it is time to talk straight and sometimes talk hard, that they are able to take what you say and know that there's no ulterior motives, that you love them, that you want the best for them, and that even if they're angry with you for what you say, they don't doubt that. They right. don't doubt the love that you have for them. And it allows them to take what you say and process it and either be able to say, wow, thank you so much for drawing my attention to that. You're totally right. I'm going to change that. I'm going to work on that. Or it allows them to say, I totally disagree with you, but... <laughs> I still love you. I love you. Let's just move forward. And in that friendship, you'll be able to move forward and keep growing as friends. The Bible tells us that we can speak truth in love. Right. And so if your relationships are just about, let me just speak truth... After some, after some period of time, people are going to recognize you're just a bully, yeah. right? Like, so let's build some relational equity so that we can have some disagreements and still be able to walk together in love and in unity. We're going to finish up with number 10. Number 10, the best relationship must first be my relationship with Jesus. That's right. And the reason why we say it this way is if you're looking for something in people that you're missing in your relationship with Jesus, you're going to find that people will let you down. But your relationship with Jesus can never be substituted by anything else. Mm -hmm. And if you develop a close relationship with him, he's going to help you to navigate through the wins and the losses, the ups and downs of marriage, of life, of children and grandchildren and coworkers. All those people come with their list of problems, wins and losses, good days, bad days. Your relationship with Jesus makes the difference on how you navigate through those things. We say the wins and losses of relationships are too much to handle without Jesus. That's right. Because when people are winning and things are going well, you're going to buy into the lie that this momentum will never stop and your head gets big and you get full of all kinds of crazy ideas. You get cocky and arrogant because you can do no wrong. We're full of wins and success. You need Jesus to bring you back and make you realize that, wait a minute, Lord, I'm nothing without you. And I'm grateful that I can even take my next breath because you've given it to me. It helps to keep us humble. That's and also right. the losses of life. When life gets tough, when yeah. days get dark, it is too much for you to walk through by yourself. Now, right. you're gonna need great relationships with people, but 
If you don't have Jesus Christ as the foundation of your life, you're going to find that the losses are overwhelming. That's right. Psalm 118 tells us it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. You're going to have to trust people at some point, but it's better first to put your trust, your hope, your faith in the Lord. Yeah. When your relationship with God is solid, you'll find that you can navigate through the wins and the losses of your relationships with people. That's right. Um, people will always, well, not always, but people will let you down. Yeah. But Jesus never fails us. And I can speak to this as someone that was uh, single, like I said earlier, for a while, that um, there were lots of nights, I don't want to sound too pathetic, <laughs> but there were lots of nights where I cried myself to sleep, just like, okay, God, you know, like marriage isn't for everyone for sure, but that's all I wanted was to be married mm. and um, just asking God, like, what am I doing wrong? What, what is this? Why is this not happening for me? And God was with me in all of those times. He really, really was. And I also felt his reassurances that it would be worth the wait. And he was. Oh. <laughs> Y'all heard that. <laughs> I remember at multiple times in my life having to deal with you know, great successes and huge wins and then horrible losses. As someone that's had to walk through divorce and having to start my life over, walking through the single dad stage, walking through being in ministry and then being divorced and watching people leave the church highly offended that I would abandon my wife and they didn't know the whole story of what was happening and it wasn't my story to share. Like, that's her story. You can ask her, but I'm, I'm not here to out anyone. I, my job is to just try to take care of my family and navigate through this the best as I can. And in those moments, I mean, there was multiple nights where I just sat in my truck and cried. Like, number one, like, I don't know where my wife is. No, uh, number two, like, I haven't slept in days. I'm surrounded by anxiety. Like, I'm on the verge of depression. Like, Lord Jesus, if I don't have you, like, in, in these moments of my life, then what, what is this even about? Like, I need you now. And my relationship with the Lord began to just flourish in the times of great difficulty. Mm -hmm. Some of you have been there. You've been single. You've been single again. Some of you had to walk through dark days in, in marriage and in life of loss and grief. If your relationship with, with Jesus is not something that you built your life on, those storms of life will come and they will blow your house down. But the good news is when my relationship is built on Christ and when our relationship is built on Christ and whether life gives us lemons or gives us a lemon tree or whatever it may be, the wins, the losses, the good times, the bad times, when it's built on him, we can push forward. And that's what we, we, that's what we hope for you. Yeah. Once again, I'm not trying to offend you. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to mess up your life. Uh, I'm just simply saying there are, there's relationships and then there's biblically healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. And how you deal with people is gonna matter. It's gonna help you enjoy the quality of your life. And so the Bible has a lot to say about how we treat each other. And so uh, just from a selfish perspective, uh, it takes a lot off our plate when you start treating each other with kindness and mutual respect. Uh, it's really, really nice when people are getting along makes life very much easy for us. It's great to pastor a church of people that actually love each other and, yeah. and can prove it. And when your relationship is built on Christ, oh, yeah. it's like a vacation to pastor you. That's <laughs> awesome. And so that's the heart that we, that we have for you. So we're gonna finish right, up, right there if that's okay. Would you give my wife a hand because she did such a great job today? So did you. Thank you. As so much always. easier with her. And so as, as we finish up, I want you to know that um, next week we're gonna talk about um, the healthiest version of you. And so once again, um, I'm not trying to offend you, but we're gonna give you the most biblically 
healthy ways to understand who you are, who God's created you to be, and what the healthiest version of you actually looks like. And so we're, we're here to help you, and we believe that as we show you the truth of God's word, that at least, at least you'll consider it. Mm-hmm. Just consider it. Yeah. Consider that perhaps um, if you're walking through a difficult season, that maybe God wants to speak to you. And we want to remind you of that, of the truth that we spoke about just a few months, moments ago. Trouble is going to come. It's inevitable. But misery is optional. Yeah. And God's word has a lot to say for you if you're willing to take some steps to get healthy. Is that okay? Yes. Let us pray for you. Father, I thank you for your word, how it speaks to every single person in this room. Mm-hmm. Lord, when relationships and life is good and when it's not so good and relationships are bad, Lord, your word stands firm and true forever. Lord, we can do the work if you tell us what to do. So, Father, I pray for every single person in this room that's walking through a difficult season. I pray for those that are watching online that may be walking through a difficult season and have been greatly hurt by people or found themselves lonely or miserable. Lord, and I just pray that right now your Holy Spirit would speak to them in a way that they could understand. I pray that your love would surround them, that they would understand the depths of your grace, that they would understand the depths of your friendship. You are truly the friend that sticks closer than a brother. We want to honor you by submitting to the authority of your word today. Lord Jesus, would you come in and be the friend that we need you to be. Speak truth to our storm. Help us to become more like you. In Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here today and as we were talking about that relationship with Jesus, you would say, Pastor, I, I don't really have a relationship with Jesus. My friend, please don't go another day without that firmly nailed down. We want you to have a relationship with Jesus. You need this. And so if that's, if that's you and you're saying, I, I need a relationship with Jesus, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me right where you are. Pray this prayer. Just say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you came and died. I believe you rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to save me. Now say this, my friend. Say, I give my life to you right now. In Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed, my friend, if that was you that just prayed that prayer, with nobody else looking around, if, would you just do me a favor? Would you lift up your hand all across this place? So that was me. I did. I prayed that prayer. I see you. I see you. Good. Good. Perhaps you're watching online. You're saying, Pastor, I did that. I, I, I said that prayer. If that was you, I want you to know that there is a number appearing on the screen. The number is 844-HRC-TEXT. If you'd be so kind as to just text me, text the words, I pray, to that number, and I'm going to send you the link to some things that would help you understand what just happened in your heart and what to do next. I'm super proud of you. Good for you. Highridge family, go ahead and look up at us if you would, and let's stand to our feet. We're just about finished up today. I want to say thank you for watching, for all of you who tuned in online. Uh, would you do us a huge favor? If you believe that what we shared today needs to be told to our world, would you hit the share button? And if you're here today and you're on social media, and who isn't, it always means a lot to us when you click the share button and share what Jesus is doing right here in Longview, Texas with your world. It's a big deal, and we want to say thank you for that. We have our elders and their wives stepping forward. These guys are going to be available to pray with you if you need prayer for any area of your life. And for everybody else, we're going to bless you and send you out. My wife's going to pray over us today. Father, I thank you for each person that's here. I pray that you would bless them this week. I pray that it would be an amazing week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. 
If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com slash give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.